welcome back to the Privacy Podcast, a space to discuss privacy, safety, and cultivate habits to improve our digital well-being from a privacy perspective. I'm your host, Jamila, and in today's episode, we're going to talk about how parents and educators can inspire critical thinking in children when it comes to their relationship with data collecting technologies. I will be joined by Farida Shahid, a Forbes 30 under 30 internet safety expert who teaches parents how to protect their kids online. You can find Farida at CyberFarida on all platforms. At the center of this episode is a personal story that inspired me to explore the field of responsible technology. It all started back in 2019 when I was in high school in New Jersey. At the time, we used keycards to open our dorm and academic building doors. However, some students discovered an app that could scan a keycard and store it on a phone, making it possible to open doors using only their mobile device. When the administration found out, they called us together to warn us not to use the app due to safety concerns. However, they did not explain why it was a safety issue, which I thought was a missed opportunity to encourage that critical thinking in students and children. Instead of simply saying, don't use the app, the administration could have asked us uh, to consider the potential consequences of using such an app. For instance, how would you feel if your personal information, such as location, age, and the fact that we all went to a small school in the middle of nowhere, ended up in the hands of strangers who could use it for malicious purposes? And what if the place where they stored our data wasn't secure and could be easily hacked? So, I decided to speak to Farida to learn more. Why do you think that app was a safety issue? For all the reasons you stated, it's if you're scanning something like a key card on a phone and it's storing that information there, then that means that anyone with access to that app, especially, first of all, let's back up. We don't know who developed the app. <laughs> like who created the app? Where did it come from? Who's the app developer? That matters a lot. So, most people are totally fine with Google having their information, me included in terms of I have Google Maps, I have Gmail, obviously they have my information. I'm okay with that. However, I'm not okay with some random company from some random place, from some random people that I do not know having information on me because I do not know if they have the security team, the safety team, the privacy team to effectively protect that information. And so it's not even just that there is an app like that, it's who is it from? Because if the app was from the manufacturer of the cards and it was a partnership with the school and they had the right security teams and safety teams, then it's a completely different thing because now the people who are creating the card have an app and hopefully though, that the hope is that they actually have good security where they're storing your data correctly and someone is not easily able to hack into the app. So that's the number one problem is who owns the data? And then is it easily hackable? Because everything's hackable. I mean, <laughs> everything, no one is immune, but you just want to have more security to make it a little harder for someone to hack into. And so that's a huge concern because your school could be held liable. Let's just say if someone, unfortunately, a bad actor gets access to the card, the app, 
and gets into the dorms or gets into the staff room and does something absolutely crazy and heinous to the students there. Now they are on the line for something horrific that happened to a student because it was their job to protect people's children and to protect people in the building. So yeah, it's a huge issue. I agree with you. I'm happy they said, hey, like, don't don't use the app. But of course, like you said, it's a missed opportunity. It reminded me of being in college when I was studying cybersecurity. There's a lot of funding for education education around technology and us getting our certifications and our degrees. But funny enough, most people in my cybersecurity class didn't have good personal cybersecurity. Like I didn't even learn good personal cybersecurity until I started researching on my own and working in corporate. Like college does not teach you like the actual skills personally that you need in your real life to protect yourself online. Now, I have seen certain colleges change that because they realize that's a missed opportunity. How are you going to train people to become professionals in security, but they don't know anything about real world security and safety? And so I I believe, like you said, that was a great opportunity for them to say, you know what, let's bring in somebody. Let's have a course on, not a course, but let's have a class discussion on this. Let's have a meeting on this. Like, let's get everyone's ideas. What other things do we do that's not good and safe? Like, I agree with you 100%. for your perspective and I think it was important that you mentioned that the administration um, had a responsibility to keep us safe and also we did not have that service or like partnership with uh, a company that would provide the service uh, so that we could use our phones what would you what would your advice be to our dorm parents and other educators and parents well, it depends. I mean, their role in the child's life, right? Because a dorm parent is a little different than someone who's actually parenting or someone who's a guardian or different than a mentor, different than a teacher. But I believe there are things that are similar across the board. So that's what I will say. And I believe, and I always say this, that it has nothing to do with technology. It has nothing to do with um, privacy and security and safety inside all the all the things that we talk about passwords and everything I believe it has everything to do with human connection in our hearts and the more that we're able to give other people safe spaces non-judgmental spaces honest open spaces truly safe spaces to just be who they are to talk to have discussions and conversations around what's going on in the world and we hold space for each other the more safe we'll be because as we see i mean when a child when a person when you're not able to communicate with someone who's an authority figure or who it has responsibility over you you're not going to open up to them about what's going on you're going to hide what you're doing. You're going to sneak and do whatever you need to do, regardless of what your dorm parent said or what your parents said or what your aunt or uncle said. You're going to do whatever the hell you want to do. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> but when you have a safe space with someone, you're able to have op- a conversations. And when something comes up where they feel like, ooh, that's not in your best interest. I love you very much. And I know that that's really fun and that's really cool. And let's talk about it. But I'm going to say from my experience, you know, I was a teen once or I was in this class once and I know how fun it is. But this is what happened to me when I did that. And that really traumatized me. And I don't want that to happen to you. And I know you're a young adult and you can do whatever the hell you want. So you have to make a decision that's best for you. But I'm just letting you know as someone who loves you that that's something that can backfire on you. And But I'm here for you, whatever decision you make. If you decide to do what I want you to do, that's great. <laughs> if you don't, that's that's fine. But I'm here for you either way. 
that creates a safer space because now there's better conversations. Now there are more open conversations. There is more room for people to grow and people can't have those conversations in a space where someone's like, well, you did something wrong. I told you to do this and, 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 and that's what you deserve. Like you can't. So the biggest safety that we can all do as schools, as education systems, as teachers, mentors, friends, parents, guardians is to develop safe spaces. And the first part of that has nothing to do with the other person. It literally has nothing to do with your child, nothing to do with the student. It has everything to do with you because you cannot give someone a safe space if you have not developed that within yourself. You can't give someone grace and love if you cannot give yourself grace and love. I'm not saying that it's impossible, but it's very difficult to hold space for another person when you have not practiced holding space for yourself. That does not mean you have to be perfect at all. Like nobody's perfect. I'm not perfect. No one's perfect. Like there are moments where I have not held space for myself, right? <laughs> we all have had moments and that's fine. The point is that you forgive yourself and that you apologize to yourself and you move on so that when I go to somebody else and I accidentally have a moment and I don't give them grace, I can come back and say, you know what? I'm really sorry. I shouldn't have done that. There's no excuse for doing that. Thank you so much for listening to me. I shouldn't have done that. That creates better safe spaces. Not that you're perfect, but you're always, always, always working on yourself.